0: Welcome to the Elite Foundations Podcast, how to build an elite foundation physically and mentally to win at life. No theory, just real world results. Your hosts are Dr. Emil, ex-emergency doctor, entrepreneur, and health coach, and myself, Itamar, ex-Israeli Special Forces jiu-jitsu black belt and mindset expert. Welcome to today's episode, guys. Today is the last episode of season number one, and we're gonna be doing something a bit different. I'm gonna be asking Emil certain questions that I still have after everything he spoke about, things that I'm still curious about, and vice versa. And it's gonna be, we think, a great way to recap the season and kind of bring it all together and
1: fill out any gaps that still exist. Emil, let's get started, man. The big question, so I've asked a lot of tactical questions over the season, a lot of kind of little practical things of how to apply this. And obviously I've gone through the arena Mindset Accelerator myself, where I had the opportunity to ask a lot of questions. So this question is kind of a little bit meta, maybe. Um, So what is the difference between this, what you do, the Mindset Accelerator, and just your general uh, philosophy and therapy, conventional therapy? Because also you've had therapy, so you know that you've got this firsthand experience of both.
0: Okay, so that's a really interesting question in a question. So there's different modalities of therapy. The therapy I went through was very results oriented. So again, like the context of it, so I, for anybody who doesn't know the story, basically what happened when I was working undercover abroad. somebody who I thought was uh, acquaintance turned out to be an Al-Qaeda operative who tried to kidnap me I had to leave the country within a couple days after we figured that out and it was a very very close call now living some, with, with some PTSD and I ended up being able to pair with the head of psychology of the Mossad and the reason I'm saying that's important is because he's not somebody whose job is to help people feel their feelings or really kind of just get over it or just be able to live with it his job is to really be able to get people to a place where they can go back in the field for example and be effective and that's a very different kind of psychology as opposed to just giving somebody peace with a certain thing a certain trauma they've been through or certain issues they've been through it was all about effectiveness so honestly a lot of my processes they're all based on an effective outcome there's a goal in mind it's not that we're saying okay you just have this issue we just want to talk about it and make it feel better we're saying no no you want to get to a certain destination. Let's figure out what's going on in your mind right now that's making you ineffective in getting towards that. And that's the thing, the big difference. Like, and first of all, I don't deal with deep trauma. Like, I don't help people who have been raped or had a serious, serious thing happen in their family, whatever it may be. That's not what it's about. This is about helping people who have a very specific goal they want to achieve, figure out the mental blocks that are stopping them from doing that. It's all about effectiveness. It's not about so much
1: about creating space. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I mean, you know, therapy is a very broad term, which means a lot, a lot of things. And, you know, your guy was a therapist and there are other therapists who do different things. So it's a spectrum for sure. Um, And they both, they all count as therapy, right? And then what you've done is you've taken the very actionable parts of it and applied applied those to your kind of methodology roughly so
0: what you're saying here is really important because i've applied i've taken let's say the 80 20 of it and applied it to my methodology but my methodology isn't just that so one of the challenges i've seen a lot of times that people who have gone through therapy have is that they get stuck so the the therapy let's say is focused on addressing a certain issue they have in their mind let's say eventually they're able to resolve that but then they're stuck there because there's nothing else for them to move into they're stuck with that just like a kind of hole in their personality and sometimes they just get stuck in this loop of going to more therapy and more therapy and more therapy or just honestly getting a bit depressed because they don't have that part of their personality to lean into more that victimhood or that scar or whatever it may be. So that's why when you go through the accelerator program, if you notice the arc it goes through is first we craft the person you need to be. We figure out what your goals are and then we craft this ideal version of how you would conduct yourself, what your guiding values, what your rules in life would be. So that way, We already have this ready and once we remove your mental blocks, you're ready to be that person. That can just come into place. So I think a lot about therapy is just about removing what we're trying to do here is first like build the optimal version of yourself, then remove the mental blocks so you can go so it could
1: be highly effective. That's the whole point of it. I kind of see it slightly analogous to modern healthcare. So perhaps traditional therapy gets people back up to a baseline whereas what you're doing or describing goes from perhaps a baseline to the next level. You know, it's kind of a a spectrum. Um, And yeah, I sort of liken it from crawling to walking and then from walking to running.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting because I was thinking about it a different way when you said that. So what I think a lot of therapy does sometimes, like we had also Rory talked about it when he was on one of the episodes, is that sometimes people are stuck being a 12-year-old in some part of their psychology in some part of their their mindset and what therapy aims to do a lot of times is resolve that but what happens is that's resolved so now you can move past being a 12 year old but you're now 36 there's a big gap there and that's the gap that i try to help people bridge really 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 fast so we have that bridge like that gap already bridged ahead of time now we just got to create the space for it to come into fruition by removing the mental blocks that's why at first we really design the kind of person you need to be Once we can design that and you can really break things down, why is this effective? We can unleash a truly effective mindset that gets the results. So it's not just about removing, it's really creating this effective mindset and then removing whatever could get in its way. And again, I'm not saying good, bad mindset, I'm saying effective because everybody has different goals, so we need to make sure we're effective
1: towards that. Yeah, I I mean, agreed. And just to kind of clarify here, we're not lumping all therapy in this kind of whatever we're describing it's very much the general kind of view of therapy versus like how is this different more than anything else because therapy is a spectrum therapy you know there's good therapists there's bad therapists there's action-oriented therapists there's therapists who just listen and don't give any input perhaps i i don't even know i have a therapist i've had one for a long time i'm a huge fan I probably will never not have one. I've also done the mindset accelerator. It's been awesome, perhaps in a slightly different way. So So let me ask you, how is it a bit different in your view? If you've been through both as an outsider. I did or started my therapy, did my therapy because I'm very much an action-oriented person and also I don't feel I had any, you know, deep big trauma, big T trauma, whatever. Um, yep. I was very much wanting to go from baseline beyond like personal development optimization whatever and because i'm a very action-oriented person i kind of pushed my therapist to make it that way i was like right what are the goals that we're trying to hit like how are we going to structure this and and I mean, I, there wasn't resistance, but it was just a bit of curiosity. Yeah, it's not the usual thing they do, yeah. Correct, correct. But she was very, very open to it. And I think that's one of the reasons why we got on so well, because it wasn't just like, this is my way of doing it, we're doing it this way. It's like, okay, that's interesting. That seems to add to this process. Like, uh, that's encouraging. Um, whereas I think, but, but that said, so the therapy before was very much reactive. Um, this has happened this week, okay, let's talk about it, let's work on it, and then let's improve in that specific area. Whereas I feel the mindset accelerator was much more active um, as opposed to to passive and a lot more like, okay, now let's, like, literally today, we're going to figure out where you want to go. Tomorrow, we're going to figure out how you're going to get there. The next day, we're going to stop anything that's getting in the way, you know,
0: so I think it's interesting when I'm hearing you say this, I really think that perhaps a big difference is that people usually when they want to go, they go to therapy, it's because they want to heal something. People who want to go to the mindset accelerator, they want to achieve something and they know that there's a block in their way. And that's, that's a big difference. You know what I mean? It, their, their primary focus isn't to heal a, pa- a big past trauma, like you said, but they really want to achieve something. But they're like, I know my mindset getting in my way of achieving this. And I think that's honestly the best way I would encapsulate it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I'm trying to think how that uh, that applied to me. And I think I wanted to heal stuff to achieve stuff because I knew there was stuff which was, I I didn't know what it was, you know, stuff which was baggage. Like even minor things like day-to-day anxieties and stresses about interactions and things. And that's what I wanted to heal, in air quotes, to then, Advance to the next level because I was like, this is taking up bandwidth. So, yeah, you wanted to resolve it so you could advance.
0: That's why I say, it's like, we're not, we're not here to heal, we're not here to completely remove, we're, we're just here to resolve it to a point where you can advance because that's really what the people want. The people that come to me, anyway, want,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. But we never set a, a future marker of, of kind of okay, that's where we're shooting for, which I feel we kind of do on day one in the accelerator, right? Correct, yeah, so Correct. That, that's the big thing. End in mind, start with end in mind, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, it's it's like entrepreneur one hundred and one. Yep. It's like set goals. Yep. What, where do you want to be? Yeah. What do you want to achieve? Yeah. Yeah. The, there's a reason why a lot of entrepreneurs is primarily entrepreneurs
0: that go through this. Yeah. I would say it's it's the mindset accelerator. It's probably eighty-five percent entrepreneurs, fifteen percent C-suite. Yeah. But eighty-five percent is really the the heads, the entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah. 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 So did I answer your question fairly? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, it, I think it's a you know as we said it's not hard and fast but that's a very good insight into some of the potential differences and why you would potentially uh, go for the mindset accelerator alongside or instead of therapy or why you might go to therapy instead of the mindset accelerator in certain cases
0: or do both like honestly one of my clients now who's seeing the fastest progress is doing both I, yeah I do He's both, doing both. Well, I did both yeah it's like so the way he broke it down for me which was interesting he's like when i do the accelerator it's really fast and really intense and you really help me rationalize what's going on and understand what's going on inside my own head and then the therapist it's an hour a week where i can actually like sit with that feeling and feel it and process it a bit more emotionally and that's why i think he's going really really fast it has been powerful for him
1: Mm. so do you want to go for your question or should i do my kind of follow-up question first and then we'll start talking about making gains uh, <laughs> All right,
0: let's, let's do my question. Let's do a ping pong. So here's the thing. A lot of the season we would be talking about fat loss and optimizing for aesthetics. Let's say I don't care about that. I'm good. Like I'm comfortable where I am aesthetic wise. But what I really want to optimize for is energy. Like I enjoy doing stuff. I enjoy being able to have more go in my life. What should I, how should I optimize for that? What should I focus on that? How can I focus to make that much better?
1: Yeah, so a lot of people come to us for energy upgrades, like they want more energy. And energy is kind of this nebulous, vague term which is very difficult to pinpoint. And the best way I found to, and and I wonder if it's more of a marketing thing, as in people because it's so boring to sell moderation to sell fat loss by normal methods so people start to pretend to market brain function removing brain fog gut health all this other stuff to try and make you know move the goalposts and make it different and I actually had a conversation with a naturopathic uh doctor literally yesterday and I was like what what, all these things that you do like what like tell me about inflammation tell me about all this stuff and then you know, what causes inflammation, okay, stress, lack of sleep, you know, being sedentary, and I'm like, okay, well, I do those things, you know, I don't pitch it as inflammation, but I do these things, so anyway, to talk about energy, especially with a lot of people, I'm like, okay, how's your sleep, shit, great, that's why your energy is shit, okay, what else, I'm stressed to hell, I'm really stressed, okay, well, that is having a severe impact on your energy levels, and on your, and and on your sleep, and on your work, and how you perceive the world, stress is, it colors how you perceive the world it makes you fatigued it makes you feel like shit let's let's start to deal with that and in purely practical terms like you know for yourself let's hit sleep stress exercise and um exercise and nutrition like those are the main ones and then for you you've got those kind of down largely maybe sleep isn't quite perfect stress is is this ominous kind of insidious thing going on in the background you're gonna have to totally change your lifestyle and then beyond that, you can start to consider and look at food timing and food choices to optimize energy. And we can perhaps talk about that specifically. But even things like, I mean, all right, so tell me specifically what you what you mean by energy, when when you're finding energy slumps, like when is it an issue or how does it look? It's interesting. I, I don't know if I can pinpoint
0: a specific time that this has been an issue, but I'm like, for example, when I've heard you a lot of times in the podcast talk about like just have a pizza at night or like it's okay to have this for lunch or that for lunch. And I'm like, man, when I have that for lunch, I don't feel as energized or as like I feel a bit lethargic after that. So for me, it's like it's actually not optimizing for what I want. Like if people are foodies and they really enjoy the taste and all that, that's great. For me, what I enjoy more than the taste is the ability to do and create or whatever it may be. And I guess that's kind of where I think this question came from, because it's not about just trying. For me, a lot of times when you say it's optimizing for calories and like to, to hit that equation, so I don't gain fat or whatever it may be. But I'm like, but what if that's not what I'm interested in? How should I tweak my food? Do I have to
1: actually eat clean, or is this not relevant? Or so so I mean, straight off, clean is a ridiculous word. It doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> I knew that would trigger you. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It just doesn't mean anything. Like, let's be a bit more descriptive than, than what we mean. But look, I mean... So,
0: let's say, like, because basically, correct me if I'm wrong, but something I've kind of been getting from you from this season, you're saying it's okay to eat junk food as long as you're staying within a caloric balance. Correct? Because that's the, the equation.
1: Yeah, that, that's super, super simplified. Look, if you want to lose fat, then eating food, which is slightly less nutritionally dense is fine as long as you're in a caloric balance. To lose fat specifically, that's what a lot of people are after. To go to your example, if you feel like, if you feel fatigued and tired after eating pizza for lunch, don't eat pizza for lunch. Like, you know, that's like saying, I every time I touch the stove, it burns my hands. Well, stop <laughs> touching it then, you know? Like, <laughs> you can have pizza for lunch and be healthy and lose weight and do all the things, but if it doesn't make you feel good, 100% don't do it. And I'm the same. Like I don't have. I keep my day super super light, so I can stay switched on, and and sharp the whole day. And then in the evening, I eat my pizzas and my ice cream. And yeah, I get tired afterwards. Freaking great. It's time for sleep. bed. Yeah. Okay.
0: Perfect. So you're saying that's honestly like the the root of that question as far as nutrition. During the day, eat. Nutri- I'm not gonna say clean nutritionally dense foods.
1: Yeah, instead. nutritious foods. Yeah, yeah. Nutritious which serve foods? which serve you because actually exactly. you know you could argue, argue things like. Fruits are nutritious or you know, uh, certain things are nutritious, but they might still be heavy. They might still, you know, porridge, oats, right? But if I yeah. ate a load of oats for, for lunch, I'd also You're be You're going sleeping. for a nap, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. So this is where- So just about meal mean times. Anything.
0: that's what you meant by that. Like different meals, different times. To optimize it, for that. It,
1: it's context, but the thing is, is when we speak about a lot of people, their issue is not this top end tweaking and optimization. Yep. Their issue is this big foundation. And I almost don't want to confuse people with a top-end tweaking and optimization when actually they they need to, one, focus on the foundations, energy balance, eating more protein, eating more vegetables, Um, and two, not building a disordered eating mindset, which is good food, bad food, junk food, cheap meals, clean, dirty. So we need to destroy that. And because people have spent so many years of their life being immersed in the marketing of the fitness industry and trying and failing diets, they've got this like visceral reaction to to junk food and pizza where they're like, this is bad, I feel guilt and shame. I'm like, actually we need to put, and you say this a lot, like they're over here somewhere, we need to push them way past that to get them to a midlife. You're overcorrecting, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Correct. So eat the pizza, eat the fucking pizza every day because we need to bring you back to the midline where you don't feel guilt and shame when you eat pizza. Pizza's, like there's, there's nothing bad about pizza. It's exactly the same ingredients as other things formed in a slightly different way. It's fat, carbs, and protein. Like, there's no difference. Like, if you eat a proper Italian pizza, it's actually pretty good ingredients, you know? Like, it, it, it's good, it's, it's it's very nutritious food, ultimately. Yeah, if you eat 3,000 calories of it, that's not good, but 3,000 calories of porridge or, or bananas isn't good either. So. This is where I try to be a little bit nuanced, but at the basic level. So, to kind of rephrase what you're saying, that basically,
0: from the reason you've been saying this throughout the season is because you want to make an effort to reach out to the people who need to be overcorrected and you're trying to simplify it for them just to be like, this way what you need to focus on. That's one. And two, for the people who are a bit, let's say, higher on that, that pyramid, that are a bit further along, the best way to optimize for energy and still be able to have, let's say, these foods is to consider your meal times. And really just like only have these kind of foods
1: when you're ready to not feel optimal energy or whatever you want to call it. Is that correct? This is being present and being observant. When I do X, what happens? Okay, how can I modify that? But that is built on the foundational principles. If you ignore those, then you're missing the wood for the trees. So exactly that, exactly that. But a lot of people who need help will come to us for help um, are skipping the foundations and worrying about whether they're fasting until 1pm or half 12 or quarter to 3 and I'm just like it doesn't make a difference you're eating too much so that's why I always dumb it down not for the sake of dumbing it down but because that's where people need to begin to make any difference cool yeah I got my answer and, and just to, just to touch again on, on energy in terms of sleep a lot of people will get 2 or 3 nights of good sleep and think that i'm still tired and i'm like okay well sleep is a kind of a thing which which accumulates over weeks so if you you know have a big weekend and then maybe the weekend after you're still tired again that's unsurprising so this is where data can be helpful if you have an aura ring or an app which tracks your sleep you can see that actually look i slept well four nights but the week prior i was sleeping three hours a night you're still there's still inertia from that
0: so this is an interesting point.
1: Big question about the aura Ring.
0: Do you know what a psychosomatic injury is? Uh, I know. You've heard that term? I, I'm not the injury part. I know what psychosomatic is. So this is something we talked about in the military. And like I didn't understand it at that age. But our fitness officer would always say, like, you're not injured. You have a psychosomatic injury. Like, you think you're injured. And that's what's actually causing you to think about this and have pain about it. And I've seen a lot of people... Because they think they had a bad night's sleep, they don't, they automatically give themselves kind of like, oh, I'm not good today. I can't operate. I can't function. So my question is, because I'm about to get an aura ring probably, and I was thinking about how do I use this as far as being able to track my data and get smarter? But also I was just thinking about it, you know, maybe I'll just check it at the weekend and then I can debrief. But I don't want to look at it every morning because that could set my mind in the wrong way. If I still need to do stuff, I still need to do stuff, regardless if I'm tired
1: or not. Would that be how you would do it? You can check it in the evening, for example, or check it yeah. after you've done your main work block, because then that would be irrelevant. Um, but the better thing to do would be to detach from the data and stop allowing the data to own you, basically. And yeah, but I think like, I'll put it
0: this way: like, I think even from my standpoint, when I see this, this is a it's a big ask because
1: we're all human, for sure. But there's lesser, lesser things, like people jump on the scales, yourself included. Oh, they've gone up a kilo, two kilos, you know, and it's like, I feel like shit. Oh, they've gone down again. Oh, I feel great. Oh, they've gone up. I feel like shit. And it's day to day. It just fucks with your head. And it's just such a, there's no, you're allowing it, you're attaching it to your emotions, you're giving it power, you're allowing it to do this. And maybe if you look at the sleep data as a two week rolling average, so one night of bad sleep isn't gonna make a difference because you've had two weeks of great sleep. So you can frame it in such a way where you're like... That's a great point, looking at it in a longer longer tail, yeah. And there's an app which does that. Uh, it's called Rise Sleep, and it looks at sleep debt, which it averages out over two weeks, and it kind of accumulates and, and declines. And I use that on top of my aura data to give me kind of this, this rolling number. And I find, honestly, when I check my data in the morning, it doesn't actually change how I feel particularly. And neither does it when I f- when it says, you know, you're amazing, 85 or 90 or whatever. I'm just like, well great, you know, that's nice to know. I got a good night's sleep. So I think working on detaching from it is is powerful and useful, even though it's difficult in the short term. And then just a the final point on energy. A lot of people have this imaginary vision of what energy they're supposed to have or whatever. Now if you've ever used uh, like, smart drugs then that is at a superhuman level of energy that's not sustainable it's, it's not real it's not real you will crash at some point the human body cannot run at that rate and this is the other point and another good part of that rise app sometimes when your energy is low that's fine it's supposed to be low you're supposed to not work 12 hours a day you're supposed to rest you're not supposed to like you know uh, like in the military go for for eight hours every day for weeks on end you can 16 it was 16 <laughs> it was
0: crazy no
1: but also like that's when you're 18 as well you yeah, know i mean that's different and like you then you then rest like you get mm. rotated off whatever it is you rest so people trying to push their bodies to the to the limits like they're not necessarily supposed to be pushed yeah. to the limits it's interesting because you said the body and it's like i i always have an issue with people trying to
0: push their mind to the limit not respecting that either like, people think it's valid to have recovery days after physical workouts. They don't give themselves permission to have recovery after hard mental days. And they just want to work. They want to hashtag hustle and work all day and all night. And they're like, this is why you're not effective. Your brain's operating. You're basically overtrained and you're injuring yourself.
1: Yeah. So that's the energy paradox. You know, there's a lot going on there. And the answer is not some cool, like, crazy nootropic stack or. You know, sounds in your ears to make you work harder or any bullshit like that. It's it's the fucking basics applied consistently. And the basics are if like if for the food, time your foods according to what
0: you want to optimize for that moment. Like the moment afterwards, let's say. And sleep mostly from what I'm getting from you is look at it as in a bigger picture, not just this night, but look at it this
1: week, this past two weeks, and that'll give you a more realistic picture of things. Uh, and, and and just sleep enough. You know, the number of people, if I look at two weeks and say, how many of those nights did you sleep? Seven and a half to eight hours sleep, not in bed, sleep. It's really fucking hard. Not many people. So I'm like, okay, there's no point in even talking about anything else until you can nail this. This is 90% of the equation. And, and stress, like people are super stressed. It has such a significant effect on life. Even if you don't feel stressed as an entrepreneur, I promise you you're stressed. I had a friend, he said, I just laid off 130 people. How do you feel? No, oh, I feel fine you don't feel fine. Like, <laughs> whatever you've managed to suppress or whatever here, like, you're stressed. Like, you are. So, there's a lot going on in it and it's usually not this top cutting edge, like, minute adjustment thing. It's like, just just go back to basics. Cool. All right. Do you have your next question? I do, I do. And it's kind of a follow-on from the last one. Um, so, we, we can talk about it. Uh, with when we've we've touched on this with the therapy versus the mindset accelerator what is the process of taking action or actually making a difference to your life what what's the process of taking that theory and actually leveling up because a lot of people do a lot of things which feel good but nothing actually changes apart from this brief ah i feel nice but nothing changes in their lives so what's the difference i mean we've kind of touched on it but how do, you, how do you make people take action?
0: Okay, so the way I break it down is there's an action equation. On one hand, there's, let's call it your level of desire or motivation. You subtract from that the level of resistance you're facing, and that will determine if you're taking action or not. Simple equation. Now, the resistance that we're trying to subtract is both internal, and that's really what I boiled down to a lot of times people's false beliefs that cause them to stagnate and external, which is what you talk a lot about their environment, environment design and all that kind of jazz. Now, the way to make this very easy to remove the internal resistance, internal friction is first, like we said in the, in the earlier question is to boil this down into a very tangible way to say, okay, who am I actually trying to be here? So you have clarity in that. Cause if you don't have clarity in who you're trying to be and how you're trying to act, Anytime there's a little bit of fear, you're like, well, I don't even know if this is important for me to do this action, so I'm just going to run away from it into this fear. So like you said, you really want to break down what you're trying to achieve in life, why you're doing this this whole thing that you're doing, what's your guiding, what's your North Star here, and then you can break that down into very tangible goals, and then you can say, okay, if somebody else had already achieved these kind of goals, what must they have valued in their life? Is it authenticity? Is it courage? Is it intentionality? Is it audacity? What are those things?
1: Go. Just to jump in there because this is the, this is gonna be the crux of it. A lot of people have values, right? And very few people, it, these are, uh, you know, courage, great. That, that's a nice, uh, you know, integrity, great. So it's going from those abstract concepts to actual real life. So, so I'll
0: say this before I even get into that. I think most people have values that are irrelevant and ineffective towards their goals. Most people like you, if somebody just asks you, what are your values? And you just say, oh, these are the things that I'm attracted to. I value kindness. I value this. Like, Great. But I'm asking you, what would lead you towards your goals? First off, that's a difference. Now, after you have those values, what you have to do in a very, very practical level is boil those down into rules. And say which like three rules per value if i lived it out and it was just a binary did i do this or not will make it inevitable that i would have lived out this value and again if you live out your top three values it's pretty inevitable that or not inevitable but you give yourself the best chance to achieve what you want to achieve and that's how you boil it down and make it super practical you it down into specific rules so for example if authenticity is one of your big things then a rule that you have to follow by is like when I'm feeling like I'm not speaking my truth. I speak up. That's a rule. And we can put this on a tracker, Emil. And we do. And you saw this. We put this on a tracker. And we tell you, okay, every week, look at these rules that you have. You have your three of top values that you need to be able to live in order to transform into the kind of person who achieves what you want to achieve. And it's effective. And it's pragmatic. You have these nine rules on the bottom of them. Give me a score of one to 10. How can you improve this next week? Why didn't you get a 10 here? Why didn't you get a nine? Where are we? That's the way you make it really pragmatic. And then when you also remove the beliefs, it makes it people makes it much easier for people to actually take action.
1: Yeah, so I love this because it's essentially an extreme level of personal accountability and responsibility for the outcome. Mm-hmm. And, and beyond accountability, it's
0: intentionality. It's intentionality followed by accountability. That's where I think of the missing gap is. A lot of people want to be held accountable. but They don't make the effort to be intentional about what you need to be in order to like optimize the most effectiveness of getting towards your goal. That's what I call it. It's not about creating a good or bad mindset, like how you say it's not healthy food or clean or not. It's about, is this an effective mindset? Is it effective in getting you towards where you want to get to? How you think and
1: the rules you live by? How you view the world? And, and to, to just kind of jump in there, because the word effective is, is an interesting one. You can be effective at being happier at being at peace at being whatever else this isn't just about being more effective at becoming a multi-billionaire you know and it's whatever your goals are exactly whatever like that is the thing exactly so i mean just that's what i'm saying i'm widening the spectrum of this it's not just because a lot of entrepreneurs their goals are certain you know to be more effective at business at at life um and but that doesn't preclude i want to be more effective at being happy and that's that's what my values were
0: yeah. And, like, and as you saw, as I a lot of people say, I want to be effective in life. I go, like, okay, explain to me what that means. What does that mean? Life. You want to be effective at life. Not business, life. Break that down. And that's a lot of people have the light bulb moment, where all of a sudden that forces a lot of new intentionality
1: in their life, because they realize they weren't
0: even given this focus.
1: Yeah, that, that's the big difference, I think. And that's the bit that the vast majority of people never do. I mean, one, sets the destination. very few people do that it it is almost comical if it wasn't so tragic um to then correctly define their values according to that person who they want to become because actually what you were describing the things that you value right now are assuming that there's nothing to improve it's like you're not you it's like uh,
0: i'll put it i'll put it in a very black and white term just for the sake of clarity if you're not exactly on the right trajectory towards where you want to get to in life The things you currently value are probably not the ones that will get you there. That's just the reality of it. And that's the recognition you have. Like, if you're not exactly super happy, say, I'm exactly in the right place where I need to be, and I'm exactly in the right trajectory, your current values are probably irrelevant.
1: And that's something you need to ask yourself. And as an example of that, one of my previous values before I was (laughs) Itamard was uh, growth. It was growth. And I thought, yeah, I'm good at growth. Growth, I like growth. Growth is good. And... That, you know, Itamar challenged me and said, maybe that isn't one of your values. That's just what you're good at and what you do. And actually, when I dug down, growth wasn't my issue. I was fine with growth. My issue was that I was it was uncontrolled growth for the sake of seeking validation and filling a hole. So actually, I was on the wrong trajectory because I was valuing the wrong things, even though it was a very noble value, which resonated with me a lot.
0: And you were getting a lot of feedback from it your bank account was growing it was very tangible feedback that's a danger what you're saying about entrepreneurs is that bank accounts and numbers are very tangible things emotions happiness fulfillment pride less tangible that's why it's challenging to to lean into it
1: and, and then that's what i eventually did when i when i re evaluated um and, and figured out some new values But the, the values were much more aligned with with Achieving happiness and peace, and, and what I actually wanted in life, more than just the you know infinite bank account. And growth is still a key part of my life. It's just tempered and constrained by things which are actually more important to me. Um, it's followed so, yeah. in an
0: effective way towards what's actually important, not just in an ineffective way to mask up things you don't want to you don't yeah. want to feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and so this is the key part of the question, which you, you know you've answered, but just to the last little bit, which I don't want to get lost, is that just then very intentionally removing the the blocks and beliefs, which are stopping you from getting there. So yeah, the key through all this is intentionality. Intentionally define a destination, intentionally define the positive actions that you need to take to get there, and then intentionally remove the things that are blocking you. So just give us, a, so I suppose, a high-level summary of just that process of removing the blocks again practical so removing the blocks
0: the, the practical thing is so I'm like I've said before I'm not a fan of this positive or limiting beliefs or all that kind of stuff I don't think it's necessary most of the time most of the time you can really just flush out what are certain beliefs that you hold that you feel are kind of getting in your way forget about if they're limiting they're positive whatever I don't like that language and then all you need to do is really ask yourself is this actually true Is this relevant for who i am today the skill sets i have today the kind of person i am today or was this even not true back then but just through my lens of a younger self or whatever it may be that's how i chose to think this is how the world works and just challenging some of your core assumptions in regards to business in regards to relationships in regards to yourself and who you are and what you're capable of sometimes just that awareness it's like in the end of the movie where you all of a sudden see the monster and it's not as scary it's the same thing and without getting too in-depth, I think that's a big part. Just bringing awareness, man, it's half a battle.
1: So identifying the beliefs that you are assuming are true, which aren't necessarily still relevant. So just flush out some things you believe are true
0: and how you see the world. Again, I'm not going to go into prompts and all that here, but if you were to flush out all the things you think are true in the world and then you stress test to them and ask, is this an actual truth? Is this science? Is this just how gravity is? Or is this a way that maybe I picked up on something and I decided to believe this because of how I view things in a certain light, be like, wow, a lot of stuff I hold actually isn't true.
1: That's crazy. And that's freeing. I suppose, I don't know, crude example, correct me if I'm wrong. My parents think investing is risky, you know, so they won't invest. And if you actually stress test that, like, you know it's not necessarily as true as they think it is it's something that they could perhaps rejig i mean would that be i would say i would say a, a bit like a
0: easier example to understand That's also been relevant to a lot of people some people grow up in societies where they believe that trying to make a lot of money is greedy and they just say is that absolutely true Does somebody have to be if they make a lot of money can they also donate a lot can they also help a lot of people? Is that a greedy behavior? You're like, well, I guess that's not a black and white statement. Like a lot of these beliefs that we have, they're black and white statements. There's no context to them. Like I was saying investing is risky. That's a black and white statement. It's, there's no context. Once we add context and we see a lot of these things also, they, they lose all their power in our minds. They lose that constraint that they hold.
1: I, I saw a uh, video by Hormozzi. And he says we're all very open-minded to changing our beliefs, except for the beliefs that we think are true. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and and that's thought, that's all
0: I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to help you, give you a toolkit to assess is what I believe in. Is this a truth that is worth holding on to or is this not? And that's it. I'm just trying to free your mind.
1: Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. But then that's the hard one. That's the hard one to kind of figure out and identify the, the ones that you you truly think are true but if you can challenge those and shatter those then so
0: that's why i don't want to i'd never ask people what are your limiting beliefs because they're like this is not even a belief bro this is true that that's what would go on in their subconscious so we don't do that we just say okay like write me down some things you think are true
1: and then we challenge yeah that's interesting actually because limiting beliefs you, you kind of if you know they're limiting they're they're superficial that you know exactly they're like, easy I've, to sweep away
0: yeah that's why like i want to get as deep as i can into your subconscious and remove whatever needs to be removed so it's really just kind of i don't want you to put up any barriers and if i ask you what are your limiting beliefs you'll just tell me what you feel comfortable with or what you already know we're really trying to get in there deep and understand what's going on in your head how does this person see the world what is true what is not what is he willing to let go of and that's why you saw like we just first flushed out all your beliefs and then we didn't ask what is limiting you we just ask for well, the challenges. Let's see what's true and what's false. Just true and false. No limiting positive, just true and false. And let's just go from there.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Let's do the last question and then uh, go from there. Yeah. All
0: right. I want to send, like, finish this off on a lighter note, man. I got a serious question for you. You're the face of Dr. Emile Supplements. And we talk a lot about sleep and all that. It's like, bro, how do you sleep at night? Never have sending me a care package after 25 episodes or nothing like that. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I've got nothing. I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand this. Explain this to me. You're supposed to be this you, ethical you, person, this giving person. Like, what's up? Ever
1: tried sending stuff to Thailand? So first off, I also lived in Israel for a part of this. <laughs> so that's not a valid oh, that's, excuse. That's, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring you some when I come and visit. There we go. Sounds good, man. No, that's but on a, on a different note, man, it's been a real pleasure in this season. I've learned a lot. And honestly, it's also been a lot of fun, man. Been good times. Likewise, man. Likewise. Um, And look, I mean, we're not wrapping this up totally. This is the end of season one. Uh, We're going to be going straight into season two, slightly different formats. Um, Itamar can perhaps give some details. Yeah, so season two, we're going to detach a little bit from health
0: and we're going to go just 100% into mindset. And while we're going to keep doing these case study kind of interview, not interviews, these case study breakdowns, we're also going to be adding different things. And we're going to really, we're going to go big, so to speak. We're going to try to swing for the fences. So we're also going to bring more people like Rory. People have had great response to the Rory episode and to the Scott episode. And we're going to bring some people that have actually gone through these big transformations so they can break it down themselves. And you can hear from the horse's mouth. We feel that's very powerful. That's number one. And number two, what I'm really excited about. So something that happens often when I go to conferences, somebody will ask me something in a group and I'll kind of break down their mental blocks And they'll be like wow man that was amazing and then the other people around will be like dude that was really cool to see because i also had that so what we want to do is bring people live on a call and i'm going to just do basically a coaching call with them and i think people being able to see that because the problem with a lot of time happens people think they're really special that oh i'm the only one who had this kind of problem with this kind of issue but we all have similar issues we're all special but we're not special so to speak And I think giving people the opportunity to see, okay, this is where this person is and this is how it needs to go with his mind, it can give people a lot of freedom, actually help them resolve a lot of their own stuff. So I'm really excited about that. Also, like honestly, putting myself on the hook and doing this as a live kind of coaching breakdown on the podcast, I think it'd be really cool and it could be really impactful for a lot of people. So those are a couple of the tweaks we're making, but it's going to be big stuff. Oh, and we're going to get a meal to wear a shirt. Which is going to be very exciting.
1: He doesn't mean a college shirt. I'll put a t-shirt on, but that's about it.
0: (laughs) And that said, yeah, but season two is going to be a deep dive into mindset. We're going to be unleashing some things that we just think are going to be more helpful for the people
1: out there. And that's it. Super pumped for it. And we'll see you guys in the next season. Oh, and
0: last note, if you actually want to be one of these people who jumps on a call and I break down their mindset a little bit and help them create a more effective mindset to get them towards their goals drop us a message and we'll take it from there much love
1: guys catch you next season